Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd. Thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Ephesians 6, verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So Paul now is talking about the weapon that we are to take up, we are to grab onto, we are to hold and use to fight the battle, and that is faith. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, talking about the spiritual gifts, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And it goes on. Faith is something that God can give us. It's something that we can exercise by our choice, but it's something we can ask for. In Luke 17, verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone, which is a huge rock, were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, then he should cause one of these little ones to stumble. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And the apostles' response, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And he goes on and gives several examples of those in the scriptures that we are familiar with how their faith was exercised. And so here in Ephesians, Paul is saying, guys, it's about taking that shield of faith. Take it up. Don't just let it sit there. Use it. In my career, I had training with a shield. We would do some scenario-based training with a shield, and we would use those things. One of the things that's interesting about a shield is that oftentimes you think of it only as something to hide behind, but actually that shield is a weapon and you get close to your enemy and he attacks you and you have a shield, you can use that to pummel your enemy. You can use it to advance and not just plant it on the ground, hide behind it. You use it strategically. The Romans knew this very well. They carried these large shields that they could interlock and create a wall. You know, and you come up against that and you've got your bow and your arrows and you've got a whole line of soldiers with big shields planted in the ground, linked together, creating this big wall. And now the odds aren't really in your favor because they can stand up behind that thing and shoot you all day long and you can shoot them and your arrows are going to sink into their shields. Now, one of the things that we learn about warfare in the days of Paul during the Roman Empire days was that they would not only shoot arrows at people, but they would dip the tips in pitch and light them on fire. And they use this for psychological warfare as well as combat. Because if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you approach your enemy and the arrows start flying and you're looking up and these arrows are leaving these streaks of black smoke and then they land in your shield and your shield is starting to burn or you can smell the material burning, it's going to freak you out. And the tendency is going to be, oh man, I got to get this thing out. So I'm going to come out behind my shield and I'm going to grab this arrow so it doesn't burn up. And then now you've just exposed yourself. So now it's using those arrows as a tactic 
to get you to come out from behind your shield. What a great illustration to use as the devil will often do things to us to try to get us to come out from behind our shield. And if you get hit by one of those flaming arrows, man, you're in some trouble. Because not only is the pain going to be even more intense, but when you are trying to heal up after that, if you survive, it's going to be all infected and nasty and just a mess. So those are psychological things that the soldiers would have running through their minds when they're going into battle against these types of weapons. And like so, the attacks of Satan are described as fiery darts. Psalm 3.3, the psalmist writes, But you, O Lord are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. And God in several places throughout the scriptures is seen as a shield. In Psalm 5, 2, for you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. Proverbs 35, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. We need to remember that because God places us in tough situations at times, not necessarily to test our faith, but to provide us an opportunity to exercise it. So you come up against a tough situation and you know, God wants me to do this but I don't want to do that. That's a step of faith that's, man, that's pretty crazy. But yet you understand that God is your shield. You understand you can take the step into the unknown because God is your shield. And then when you get victory in it, you praise God, God blesses you. So a lot of times the stuff that we go through that's hard, the things that we experience in life, we're like, you know, why am I going through this? Well, maybe God's just giving you an opportunity to exercise faith. Somebody flips you off on the road. You know, you want to get in a road rage incident or do you want to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to pray for this guy. Yeah, you're not going to pray that, Lord, I hope he gets in a crash. You know, that's something that I would do, but (laughs) I've done that actually. I'm not proud of it, but not exercising faith. I am exercising faith that God's going to do something, but you know, my flesh gets involved and I want to pray that God would strike people down. And that's not faith. That's vengeance. And vengeance belongs to God, not me. So as Paul continues in his description of the armor of God, he uses the shield as a source of confidence in God. And it's not necessarily what you believe. It's more importantly, how you believe, how you trust God. It's the life that you live that is visible to others that know you that say, yeah, I see him trusting God or I see her trusting God. In my life, some of the greatest moments where God spoke to me was watching other people go through issues and trusting in God. I'm giving this to the Lord, man. I'm not going to even deal with this. God has my back and I'm going to trust him in this. And I'm watching that going, dang, that guy's got a lot of faith. And that's why it's important to hang around people that build you up spiritually, people that have integrity, people that trust the Lord, because you'll get to see things like that. You know, just because you trust God and he's blessing you doesn't mean he's not going to shake your world on occasion. And when you watch people go through tragedy or you watch them go through a difficult time in your life and they trust in the Lord, it's very comforting to you to see that. You know, how many people that I've known over the years that have had cancer, many of them have died from it, but some of them said, you know what, I'm just going to let God have this. And some did not choose to do any treatment, and they lived. Some 
chose not to do any treatment and they died. Some chose to do treatment all the way through and some lived and some are still living and some died. But watching the faithful go through those things and trying to be a source of encouragement for them, it really strengthens you. It really makes you see, I can put my trust in Jesus and avoid those fiery darts of the enemy. John Calvin wrote this, but quench appears not to be the proper word. Why did he not use instead of quench, ward off or shake off or some such word? Quench is far more expressive for it is adapted to the epithet applied to darts. The darts of Satan are not only sharp and penetrating, but what makes them more destructive, they are fiery. Faith will be found capable not only of blunting their edge, but of quenching their heat. Trust the Lord and Satan comes at you and lobs a couple of fiery darts at you. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, okay, giving this to the Lord. You got no power over me, Satan. You may be able to harass me and trash me, but I belong to God. And that faith quenches the heat of his fiery darts. So take up your shield, take it up. You have it near and a moment will arise when I need faith. You grab that shield and you fight through it, giving that thing over to the Lord, following Jesus, staying in the battle, and he will be your shield. He will be your protector. Thank you.